Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen Our gospel this Sunday, the last Sunday of Easter, it's a very short one, and I'd like to read it to you in its entirety. Jesus said, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes... You may remember that I told them to you. This is the word of the Lord. In our gospel this morning, our Lord is comforting his disciples with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because they will be persecuted for the word that they preach. Our English translation says that the disciples will bear witness of Christ. But the Greek word is martyr. And they will be martyrs. They will lay down their lives for the message of the gospel. That Jesus is Lord. That he died for our sins and rose for our justification. In the verses immediately preceding our gospel, Jesus said to the disciples, If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. If you are of the world, the world would love you as one of its very own. But you are not of the world. And because you are not of the world and belong to me, the world will hate you for that. And with these and many other words, the Lord told his disciples what they would experience, that the world would be hostile to the message of the cross. But Jesus provides some wonderful comfort. He will send his Holy Spirit to strengthen their faith, to give them courage in the midst of trial. And he assured them that the Holy Spirit will even give them the very words that they will say. Our Lord's words in our gospel today and the words of St. Peter in our epistle speak very directly about Christian persecution. Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But instead rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Hear that? Peter says, don't be surprised when you find yourself in some fiery trial of some sort. You should even come to expect it as a Christian not as some hypothetical possibility, but as a given. And you should know that within that 
life of cross and trial. It's not just some gloomy, dismal life, but a life filled with the very best kind of joy that there is. The joy of Christ. The fellowship of his sufferings and the joy of the future life. I've talked with many of you Christian parents over these years who are hoping and praying for this very sort of life for your children, that they would all be brought up and raised in your homes and in this church to be little witnesses, in the Greek to be little martyrs. And when I say martyr, I don't mean that we would seek out a martyr's death, but that we would not shy away from it either. That in the words of our confirmation, we would rather die than fall away from the holy Christian faith. Our primary concern for our children is not therefore that they are financially independent or successful or whatever metric that may be that we all think is important, although those things are certainly fine. But our prayer and hope and desire is that instead that they would remain in communion with Christ always. Always, in life and in death. Our Lord said, after all, what good will it profit someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his own soul and be lost? There are so many examples of the saints to inspire us. Maybe you've heard of Richard Wormbrand. He was born in a Jewish family, but was converted to Christianity as a young man. And he became a Lutheran pastor in Romania. During World War II, he preached in the bomb shelters to the occupying Germans and rescued Jewish children out of the ghettos. And then when the Russians poured in, he preached against atheism and communism and preached Jesus. And then one day on the way to preach and officiate at the divine service, he was arrested and sentenced to 25 years in prison for the word that he preached. While in prison, he went through horrific torture at the hands of the brutal secret police both physical and psychological. And yet, even in solitary confinement, think about this, he would not stop preaching the gospel. Through the walls of his prison, he would tap Morse code right through the walls to provide comfort to those preaching on the other side. He would preach sermons in Morse code to those who were being tortured and killed. Richard's wife, Sabina, too, she was arrested by the secret police as punishment for her connection with her husband's ministry. And she was separated from her nine-year-old son at the time and sent to a work camp for hard labor. Oh, God, in his mercy, he delivered that family Pastor Wormbrand, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, he did much damage to the devil's kingdom by his word and preaching. And when the family was finally reunited years later, they began a little quarterly magazine called The Voice of the Martyrs. 
to give a voice to the underground church and those Christians who were persecuted around the world. And to this day, this little magazine comes to our church quarterly, four times a year. If you want to learn more about Richard Wormbrand, he's got a little book called Tortured for Christ, in which he recounts his experiences. It is such a challenge to read, but surprisingly, it's packed with joy all the way through. Here's a little gem I'd like to share with you from that book. This is what he writes. It was strictly forbidden to preach to other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing so would receive a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching, so we accepted the terms of the communists. It was a good deal. We preached and they beat us. We were happy preaching, and they were happy beating us, so everyone was happy. What an extraordinary example of zeal for the gospel. To be willing to suffer all for the sake of Christ. This morning, we give thanks for the ministry of the Holy Spirit who makes such strength and zeal possible among us too. The same ministry of the Holy Spirit is busy and active in your life too, calling you to faith in Jesus, giving you courage. The Holy Spirit is preaching Christ to you, And the Holy Spirit delivers Christ to you and brings with him all the gifts of the Holy Gospel, the forgiveness of sins and life and salvation, and the promise of the resurrection on the last day. All of those gifts make us bold and courageous, willing to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from him who loved us and gave himself for us for we have already passed from death to life. What an example God's servant Richard Wormbrand was for each and every one of us. And the following from his book, he reminds us exactly what it means to be joined to the body of Christ. This is what he writes. It's about the church. Another thing a Christian must know not with his head only, but in his fingertips and in his bones, he should know that he belongs to the body of Christ. He belongs to a body that has been flogged for nearly 2,000 years. It has always been flogged, not only on Golgotha, but under the Roman emperors and by so many persecutions. It had been flogged under the Nazis and had been flogged in Russia for over 70 years. When God called me to be a Christian, I have consciously become part of a body that is a flogged body, a mocked body, a body spat upon, and one crowned with a crown of thorns, with nails driven into the hands and feet. So writes Pastor Wormbrand. May the Holy Spirit, by his means of grace, always work in us 
that we would not be ashamed to be a part of the crucified and glorified body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may he work in us that we would not be afraid to suffer for the sake of his name. God used Pastor Wormbrand in a wonderful way to bring a word of comfort to fellow prisoners. And by extension, God will use all of us as well in our own vocations, in our own stations in life, as witnesses and as martyrs. And there is so much for us to do. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, writes St. Peter this morning. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As all of you have received a gift, use it to serve one another and to the glory of God as good stewards of God's very grace in order that in everything God may be glorified through you. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.